This is PhotoBizX, episode number 540, and we are in for a treat today. Our special guest has built a photography business in Paris, of all places. She's photographing families, she has multiple staff shooting, and she's attracting a lot of her clients by partnering with Instagram influencers. This is the interview I have been waiting to record for a number of reasons, but primarily, I'm excited to learn how a photographer can work with an influencer to actually generate bookings. And our special guest is doing exactly that. I'm talking about Katie Donnelly, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And we are in for a real treat for today. And I think you'll hear from my approach and the question that I'm asking. I am totally jealous of Katie, who gets to live and work in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Of course, I'm talking about Paris. That's coming up in just a minute. Before we do get into that, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Tracy Myler Crane, she is a lawyer, a solicitor based in Canberra, Australia. Actually, she operates between there and Sydney. And she shared so much about the law and operating a successful photography business, the three key documents that you need to have in place. And I threw so many different scenarios at her in regards to people using your photos illegally, how to protect yourself, how copyright works, whether or not it's worth instigating legal action if someone does breach your contract and so so much more the feedback was fantastic so if you didn't catch last week's episode with tracy make sure you do get back and have a listen to that one now just before we do get off the topic of law and copyright and having your photography stolen i did want to share an email that i received from premium member adrienne angelo and she said in that email here in the states I know a photographer that used some software where he could see his stolen images and where they were on various websites and approximately how long they were being used for on someone's website. And she says his most stolen image was nothing technically spectacular. It was some girls in a limousine for a bachelorette party and this would get stolen by limo companies and used to promote their limo business around the country. So instead of sending a cease and desist, he would send an invoice with a license agreement, basically stating that he sees that his stolen image has been used on that company's website for the last three months. So he would tell them, here is a licensing agreement for a total of six months so that you can use it legally for another three months. And she said they paid that invoice. And she also says she knows of a few other instances where he got paid even by a newspaper in another state. And she finishes off by saying, He also helped a photographer friend of mine that had photos of her family at a seaside slash boardwalk type scene. Hers was stolen and used to promote tourism in that area. She also got paid when she sent an invoice and a licensing agreement. Just thought I would share. So that was an incredible, great email to receive from Adrian. And I think it highlights that there is another approach before you do take legal action. You can send an invoice and a licensing agreement if you do find that your images are being used by someone illegally, someone that's stolen your images. Now, I know that's a little bit different to some of the things that Tracy talked about, but I think it all ties in to the legalities and copyright and people using your or stealing your images and using them to promote their own businesses. So interesting tactic and one that's definitely worth trying if you find that a company has or is using your images illegally or without asking. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we are going to jump into this interview with Katie Donnelly in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you will not hear the full interview today with Katie. I am saving a portion of the second half of premium members only. The good news, you can access the full interview for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. And there are more details about that 
over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. When I introduce a guest for the podcast, I usually pickle together a bunch of tidbits that I learn about them online. And while I was doing that for today's guest, I read a pinned post on her Instagram feed that I felt was the perfect introduction. And here's what she says. I'm picking out the parts I think you should hear. 10 years ago, I moved to France from New York. I moved for love and adventure. I married that same French guy who I came over for. Life is normal, but in 2020, everything was so clearly put into perspective when simultaneously the world shut down and I was told I had stage four cancer and my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer as well. The world came through, I lived, but sadly my dad died. What got me through? Well, modern medicine and luck, but also my family. I now know what is most important in life, time and memories with the ones you love. Our work, making family portraits has a real meaning now and it's important to have portraits and art with your loved ones. I know it deeply. She goes on to say that in 2021, after chemo ended, I gave myself two options. One, quit, close down shop, or number two, build a team because I couldn't do it alone. So I started building. It's been so much work. Building on your own is easy. Building something for others to grow with is so much more complex and always, always with the client being the center of it all. So that post was by Katie Donnelly of Katie Donnelly Photography, who has been voted best Paris portrait photographer. I am really wrapped to say that Katie is with us now. Katie, welcome. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Do you get much feedback on that pinned post on Instagram? I think people do connect with my story when they read it. And, you know, like a lot of us have that, you know, cancer is not like a solo thing that only I've gone through. It's so universal, unfortunately. But also there's so many other things that kind of puts your your life in perspective and it doesn't have to be a major diagnosis. It could be just many things. It could be the birth of a, a child. It could be a new job. It could be a conversation you have with a friend. But yeah, I always knew family was important before. I'm family oriented, but sure. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, everything changes. Absolutely. I want to ask you a little bit more about that, but I want you to take me back to before you had cancer. What was the business like then? Was it you in Paris working alone? Yes, it was pretty much a solo business. I did have a few times where I had, you know, I was trying to add people to my team and it just didn't always work out. And not because of them, it just logistics or I didn't have the right systems to support them because, you know, like, or maybe I wasn't there mentally ready to let go enough. I think I was forced to let go just, you know, (laughs) so that, um, yeah, it takes a while. It's hard. It's your baby. I mean, this is my passion. I've I've grown it. I love it deeply. It's also hard to trust other people with clients just because not that you don't think they're going to do a good job, but you know, the whole quote unquote, no one does it like you. But until like I had changed that mantra, of like, oh, no one can do it like me, but maybe they can do it better or differently. Maybe they can bring their own magic until I was able to kind of let that in. And that has been unfolded in a beautiful, beautiful way into a team now that I'm just grateful every day, grateful for. So good. I mean, I'm going to refer back to some of the reviews that I read on Google about your team members and everyone seems as delighted with them at their sessions as they are with you. So let's leave that for just a minute. But you mentioned clients before you had cancer, when you were working on your own, did you have the same target client, the same ideal client then as you do now? Yeah. So When I first came to Paris, I started my business. Um, In New York, I was a professional photographer as well, but I worked for a portrait studio. We did mainly family portraits. And then I did my own like weddings and events on the side. When I came here, I was kind of juggling between the two. But I always knew that I just, I I loved family portraits. I loved relationship portraits. Just, you know, it could be best friends. It could be someone and their dog. It could be someone who's solo here just in Paris and their relationship with adventure or with travel or with the city. And so like, I knew that I wanted to some way find a way to only do that. And so I 
stopped doing events at some point, like many years ago, a few years into starting my business here. And I just purely focused on family portraits and family clients. At the beginning, it was very much like a shoot and burn situation. And then even though I had done in-person sales in New York for this other portrait studio, and then I just started emailing my clients like after... It would be like six months later or whatever. I'm like, hey, like, what did you end up doing? Can you just send me a picture of your wall? I'd love to see it. Because you know, you're you're having these intimate moments with your clients, and often we have a lot of repeat clients. So you create these beautiful relationships with them and with their kids, and and you you see them in these like not even big life moments, just life moments. And I just got so many responses like, oh, I haven't done anything. Like, oh, it's going to happen. I'm going to do the album. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was just like, gosh, like, like they are, these are childhoods that are getting lost on a hard drive. Like, you know, I just, I remember, you know, all of our childhoods, we like go into our auntie's home, you sit down, you like take the photo album that is always to your left or to your right on the end table and you flip through and you laugh at all the hairstyles and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you, you know, and that, you know, this family history. And I'm like, are we losing ours? Am I part of that? And it was definitely a reckoning, you know, way before cancer of like, no, I just, I want to start you know, we need to start doing in-person sales because I need, I need our clients to see themselves on the wall. I need their like the kids to see themselves on the wall and in this family unit, whatever that unit is. So that kind of, I started. I would say I got my first studio space in like twenty, what was it, twenty seventeen, or like, and then I got this our current space in twenty eighteen. So, or 20, yeah, before it was 2017, maybe it was as early as 2015. I, I honestly, it's That's cool. been such a whirlwind. So tell me about those clients before you brought on the team before cancer. Yeah. Were they expats? Cause it looks like you're targeting mainly expats as clients or were you targeting Paris locals? I did have some local clients. I had a lot of expat clients who did live here or lived here for, you know, a certain number of years when you're an expat, it's like three to five years that you can normally stay in a place. And then, yeah, I have a lot of tourist clients, a lot of people who come here. They, Some of our clients come every year like to Paris or every six months to Paris. Unreal. So your main clients today are Americans. Is that right? Yeah, I would say a majority of them. But we have Australians, we have South Africans. We have a lot of English speakers. Right. Um, but even, you know, we have a lot of some clients who come from the Middle East. We have clients who come from all over Asia. We have like a, we're kind of like a worldwide, Paris is such a big destination that it is easy to get that worldwide clientele because they're already coming here. It's a beautiful place to photograph. And then they want these, they're sharing these really important moments with, you know, their loved ones. Amazing. I can't think of a better city to have family photos. in. I mean, I love Paris. I love France. We're so lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We are so lucky. I, mean, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the t-shirt that I'm wearing? Do you recognize this? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So for the listener, you can't see what I'm wearing, but I'm wearing my uh, Galibier t-shirt, one of the famous mountains in France. So, uh, like, so with the business then, I'm going to come back to how you attract your clients shortly, but give us an idea of the revenue that you're doing today. Okay. Well, I told you before, but I've never shared it publicly. Um, today, which just has blown us out of the water. We've hit almost 700,000 for the year so far. And we're talking about euros. Yes. Absolutely incredible. I mean, has it been a steady growth or are you pinching yourself thinking, wow, what a business? Both. And I don't know. I hesitate to say it's been like, there's definitely been like years now in the last few years that it's just doubled or tripled or quadrupled. But all of the years, like I put in my 10,000 hours and those, like those, it shows, I think, because all the systems that we've created that, you know, all of our, you know, helpful info and content and stuff that we've created has been years and years and years and years. And this, this is this foundation. I didn't just wake up one morning and then walk into a business. And so, yeah, but I would say since having the team, it has been exponential. And so, yeah, for the last two years and, but I had big, I mean, I don't know. I broke a hundred consistently before having a team. So, which is not a bad, you know, like, which is already very good. I feel like Absolutely. I was very proud of it and I'm, yes. you know, and super proud of that's where I was. 
before, but yeah, I, there's something also about when you have to pay other people, you're like, I, you just have to do it. And so you just work so much harder and smarter and you have to figure it out. Cause I'm like, there's no way I'm not gonna, you know, someone's going to work and then not get paid. Yes. Like I, you know, for sure. So do you shut down in winter time? Cause I imagine there's going to be a lot less tourists in winter. You're shaking your head. You're like, no. no. No, no. We're year round. We have, um, because we're three photographers, we really try and always have someone who's available other than there's certain points where, you know, there's just no one available, like holidays. There's, we're a family studio and it's family time for us as well. And so we do, you know, we have pretty limited availability, like in August, a lot of times, you know, in France, a lot of things shut down. And so that's another time of year that even though it would be like quite busy, you know, people need time off and so do I. And you have to like, anytime you come back from that, you always come back so much more creative and inspired. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it is for everyone else, but I feel like anytime I'm just like, have a moment to sit by myself out of my normal, like environment, I just have all of these ideas that come. There's, you know, I'm constantly writing notes on my phone or on like scraps of paper in my you know, my wallet and like, just to, and I think that that that's important for everyone to have. So yeah, but winter, no, it does slow down, but then we lean in really heavily to our local clients and we do in studio portraits as well. And that's mainly our French clients. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Cause I imagine most people are going to want to have the Louvre, the Eiffel tower, things like that. Those iconic images. Yeah. But we still do that. You know, like Paris is all year round. You have just millions of people coming all, you know, like to the city. So, I mean, even in the dead of winter, you're going to have people visiting for the first time or couples celebrating their 50th anniversary or, you know, someone who gets a cheap ticket and comes with their dog. Amazing. I mean, what a place to be working. One of the things I did look a little bit into this myself quite a while ago, because I would have, I was talking about the idea of, you know, going to France for six months of the year or you know, maybe three months of the year and, and working from there. But it appeared to me that the French government was very protective of its citizens. So was it difficult for you to actually set up a business in Paris? So when I was originally here, I came on a student visa because I studied French. Uh, I did an intensive French course for the first year. And so you know, every day for five hours a day, I was at, you know, university for that. And so I had a visa with that. And then, so when you have a visa, you can set up a business, you can set up kind of like a a sole proprietorship, uh, you know, just like a freelance thing. And so I, I did that because I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I knew that I, you know, wanted to be a photographer here and I'd figure out how to do it. And, you know, started with friends to build my portfolio and then, got a few clients through that and then just read every single SEO blog on the <laughs> internet at that point and then started trying to yeah just create content and get Google to like me and so so really it was pretty <laughs> seamless you could set up a business as an expat yes i mean i don't know i don't know the legalities of setting up a business if you're not currently living here legally you know if you're like outside, you know, say like I'm living in back, I moved back into the US. I'm not sure if then I could also easily set up a business because I wouldn't have a French address. I would like, I don't know how that works. I'm sure it's possible, but I have no idea. That wasn't the route that I took. And I've, I've been on like a long-term visa for a long time with, right. through my husband. So it's right. So I guess that's where I was leading. Was it the fact that you have a French husband? Did that make it easy for you then to set up a business there in Paris? Not legally. Not like just because I had a visa, I was here legally, whether it's, you know, through school or through wherever that I think. And I had an address and I had a bank account and like, you know, you're settled here. And then and my husband also is he definitely has helped me with a lot of things. Like if I don't understand certain paperwork or vocabulary, especially when I was learning French. I mean, you think of all like the stuff you have to sign and fill out, even just to open a bank account or to um but yeah to open a business you do have to understand what you're signing absolutely <laughs> and how to pay taxes <laughs> yes <laughs> which i made a lot of mistakes what's your husband's name my husband's name so i call him peak it's his initials but his name is pierre eve pierre eve and you call him peak 
P because it's isn't P Y and then his our last name is with a K. So nice, so nice. So does Pete work in the business too, or he does his own thing? He definitely hell. He is a consultant in IT. That's his main job. But yeah, he definitely does do help with that, like big picture things. Right. Got it, got it. And also tricking out Google spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Because like three years ago, I like freaked out one day. I was like, everything's gone. What's happening? And I'm like calling him. He's like, you literally just have a filter on this. So now I'm way better at Google spreadsheets, but he's the one making my, you know, big formulas and graphs and all that. So does that mean you don't use a CRM? You're just using Google Sheets? I do use a CRM, but I use Keep. We use it for like pipelining clients and like organizing clients and where they are. More project management. Uh, Yeah. We do some automations with them, but we don't automate our like contact emails with them. So like, you know, like their first contact, we have, you know, a template because we want all our clients to have the same information, obviously. And then we change it up for, you know, what they're asking for, if they're a family, if, you know, dates and stuff like that. But yeah, so, but we organize it all through Keep and then obviously all the client information. I'm sure I could use it way, way, way better. And we have done some automated campaigns with them through there, but no, for my like really big data for like our, you can't really do that. Like you'd have to do a lot of tags. You couldn't get in Keep basically. It's not like a spreadsheet and we're a spreadsheet where I can see averages. I can see everyone's weekly average. I can see the averages of a certain grouping of clients, couples, family, you know, like all the data that we put in there is just really easy to like take it and get what I want out of it. I can see what our averages are on Wednesdays, you know, like getting all of the really nitty gritty information that for most people isn't interesting and was totally uninteresting and really scary for me before like, yeah, like two years ago. But and now I'm like, oh, it's it's very cool. It's exciting. It is. Look, look at the numbers. So what does a family or what does one of your clients spend on average? Like what can you bank on when you get a booking? Okay. So our goal is that every family has a family portrait on the wall. So there's that. And like our main thing is like a client pretty much comes in, gets a portrait for the wall and gets an album. Most of our clients spend, I would say anywhere between like 1500 and 2500. Nice. We have clients who spend over 10k. We have clients who spend 100 bucks. You know, it all comes out to be an average and you know, we don't have minimums. We have a really low kind of entry fee because I don't mind that some clients just come in and can only get a 5 by 7. It just still means that they have this beautiful experience and so we're still very much in that like trying to serve and if that brings down our averages <laughs> a little bit. I mean, maybe I'll change that in the future. I think so. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, surely you don't want too many just five by seven sales. Oh, and we really, truly don't have it. I would say our sale for this year, our average sale maybe is around, I could look at the exact number, but I think it's 2000. It's not as good as Mary Beth. Oh my gosh, 7,100. <laughs> Are you serious? Because I like listened to some of the podcasts before. I was like, when you were saying really good average, I'm like, okay, I need to talk to her. But I think it's totally different. Like you're doing, I mean, I would call yours a higher volume business than what Mary Beth is doing. Oh, we're way higher volume. Yeah, she's doing two sessions a week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we've done like 300 sessions this year. So, I mean, it's. Yeah, or maybe not 300 sessions, but yeah. You've got an incredible business. So, And I love that you listened to Mary Beth interview. That's so cool. Oh my gosh, she was so good. She's amazing. I loved hers and her her website. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I got to hear the rest of this. (laughs) Let me take you back to just post-cancer. So you get the all clear, you're in remission. And I said in the intro there that you were thinking about quitting, closing down shop or bringing on a team. Yeah. Yeah. Like why not just do photography for fun, spend more time at home and don't worry about a business? I mean, there's the financial aspect. We're a two-income household. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, yeah, living in Paris. So that would have been a big conversation to have with my husband. <laughs> hey, babe, I don't want to bring in anything this month or ever. Um, I think I love, I love what I do. I love working with clients. I love working with families. I think it's important. 
I would have loved to have a family portrait like this of my family. I don't know if I, you know, my parents divorced when I was young. I would have loved that. I would love to have that now, even though, you know, my parents were divorced. Like I would have loved to see like, this was the four of us. I came from that because it's, yeah. And then I think also I knew that I would regret it if I didn't try. I was like, I have, and all the things too, like I was so scared before cancer. I was so scared and anxious. And I thought a lot about like, if I do this and I fail, or like, if I do this and like clients, what if clients hate it? And, you know, and you're like, and you think your life is going to be ruined. And if they think bad of you or whatever, and, you know, even if it's not, even if all of your intentions were good, but I think that, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't live my life regretting. Like, what if I did that? What if I had done that? Would my life be different? Yeah. I wanted to, I don't know. I needed to see. And if I failed, I would fail spectacularly. And I would know (laughs) that I gave it my all and I just wasn't meant for it. I was meant for something else. But yeah, I, I think also taking the fear, taking the fear out really helped me. It sounds terrible to say this and it's going to be like a total downer. So but I'm not really scared of anything except for dying and having my kids grow up not remembering me. So everything, everything becomes way less important. But the importance of what we're doing also is very clear because we have a lot of families who are just like me, who are just like ours, who are, you know, battling with whatever they have going on or and way worse. Like we just got lucky, you know, so I think it's important to keep doing this. So this was a couple of years ago. You're all clear. Business is going great. The family sounds amazing. You live in an incredible part of the world. Life is pretty damn good by the sound of it. Yeah. Do you still think about the cancer every day? Do you look at life differently? I know you said you look at life differently now as far as the family is concerned, but do you wake up happier now having gone through that? Or do you let the little things not bother you anymore? Or are you the same person that you were before? Um. (laughs) <laughs> That's a lot of questions. Um, I wish I never had to go through that to be the person who I am today. But, you know, like there were things that I took out of it and that changed me. Anything big will change you. Having a child will change you. I changed when I became a mother for the first time. You know, everything changes. Um, yeah, having cancer absolutely made me look at life differently. It made me yeah, just a different person. And sometimes in a way that I didn't love. And that took a lot of, you know, therapy and taking care of myself to become that person who was happy again. Because yeah, it's but I do think about it. every. It's hard to not think about. It's I don't go through like, PTSD tunnels anymore, which is, you know, (laughs) good, which happens to a lot of people. But yeah, it's I mean, it affects my every day. I wake up every morning, I've really bad like joint pain in my hands. I can't hold a camera as long as I could before. Like there's a physical aspect of like just the toll that treatment that cancer takes, but also then that treatment takes on your body and recovering. And so I'm still going through that. And I think it's, I don't know if it's going to be lifelong, the the after effects, but yeah, it's, you're reminded, but then there are also like, you know, things where it's like my kid throws his played on the ground and that annoys me. I'm not like, oh, I'm happy to be here. You know, like life is life. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to give you a hypothetical and say, you know, something like, let's say Magda or Zoe, your photographers, you know, come in and they they didn't get the shots that you would expect them to get. Like, is it like today now it's, don't worry about it, you did your best? Or is it, damn it, you know, like you've got to do better or has coming through what you have changed you in that way? I think I would temper it between the two. I don't think I've never been someone to be like, this was really bad. (laughs) You know, like, I just don't think that's helpful. Like, I don't think that that's helpful in your confidence. And I don't think that's helpful for a boss to say that you can say, you can be realistic. Like, this was not one of your best shoots. Um, Why do you think that was? And often, you know, like, we are our own worst critics. I know when a shoot is not great when, you know, or I know when it was just really hard and I had to work really, really hard for it. I'm like, I worked so hard for this shot that is like you think is mediocre, but I know how hard I worked for it. And, you know, I'm not on every one of their shoots. Like I do shoot sometimes with them together, but not often, but I trust them. I trust them completely. I think they, they know how to make magic and I've trained them. And if they 
really didn't get the shot. They probably got 15 other ones that I wouldn't have. And, or they, I know they would have tried their best and I know how much they love people. They love people and you have to love people. And if you love people and you try your best and you're trained really well, and you know, you're creative and inspired and still it doesn't happen. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't, you know, it was either circumstances or whatever. I, I don't think that cancer changed that about me. I think that having to work with people made me more, you know, temper how I talked maybe as well. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a positive person. I'm a positive person. I can see that. I can see it and I can hear it. I know they're listening again too. And I've got to say, if Magda or Zoe are listening back to this, your work is incredible. I've seen some of your photos. I love the video about you girls talking about your favorite pastries on Instagram. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, in one of the stories. So They're awesome. Yeah. They're amazing photographers. They're awesome. Yeah. We're really, really lucky. You are, you are. And uh, let me take you back to the business side of things. You mentioned SEO. Mm -hmm. Is that the main way that clients are finding you to book a session? And if not, what is? We have a bunch of different lead sources. Up until recent, up until the last few years, it's been purely SEO, word of mouth, you know, clients coming back, return clients. And then at some point I tried and integrated Facebook ads, which we no longer do. And the Facebook ads did work, but we ended up also, you know, like still doing like a majority, like our Google leads are kind of like, those are our golden leads. We absolutely love our clients who find us through there because we know they've really seen our website. Um, A lot of times they've seen our website and then clicked over to social media they know us, they have a, you know, a feeling. And then, but we also have partnerships with some travel like influencers that our clients find us through as well. Sometimes we do giveaways. That's, you know, very, very occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, you know, we don't have all of our eggs in one basket, but yeah. So we do, I would say like the big, the next big thing are you know, travel influencers. I've done partnerships with hotels, you know, like just always trying to like see what works, do it for a certain amount of time. We have a few car- partnerships with car dealerships. Unreal. All right. So you've given me, like, I could ask you a million questions here. I'm going to try and narrow this down. <laughs> when you said Google, if someone finds you on Google, that's your best client. I get that. Mm-hmm. Have you tried or are you using Google ads as well as organic SEO? I have never tried Google ads. It's definitely something I would like to try. I don't know how to do it. And I don't really know who I would ask. That would be, you know, someone. Yeah. I think I haven't gotten to that part yet, but it's definitely something that I would try. I don't see why yeah. why it wouldn't work. Especially if your website is as good as it is and your social stuff. So yeah. I'll share something with you. I'll share a couple of interviews that I've done on Google Ads and you can go and check them oh, out. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's definitely another thing. Like right now we're really like, I'm actually in the process of like totally rewriting and overhauling our website and adding a lot of stuff and, you know, redoing all of the SEO. There's been a big Google update. I don't know if you have SEO you know, techie people in the background, but there's like been the helpful content update recently. And so, and it's just been a few years since I've redone the, you know, just updated everything. And I think, yeah, it's important. And I dropped a little bit in rankings for Paris Family Photographer, which is our target keyword. So it's, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta work on it. You always have to like, make sure your content is also a you know, what you're sharing with your clients is relevant and helpful. We're really focusing on trying to do helpful blog posts. And I'm having fun with that, actually, um, writing these. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. You've got so many different guides and different helpful hints and tips. It's so good. Yeah. Let me ask you then, with SEO aside and your website aside, so that, that's a given. Yeah. If I was to say, Katie, I'm taking one of your marketing channels away. It could be the partnerships, it could be the referrals, it could be repeat clients, it could be the influencers. Like, which one would you think, oh shit, don't take that one away? Overall, I mean, like, I feel like the partnerships with influencers, like partnerships in general, I would say no, don't take that away. Okay. So tell me about partnerships with influencers because the talk in my group with the premium members is whenever someone suggests partnering with an influencer, Everyone chimes in and says, well, you know, what are you going to do with likes, you know, likes and comments? That's not going to pay the bills. You know, why would you want to partner with an influencer? What are they really going to bring you? 
you sound like you've made a success of that. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of stumbled into it. I've worked with a few travel influencers for Paris for many years. I'm friends with them as well. And we're, you know, business kind of like back and forth, which is cool as well. But yeah, I think you have to ask for something from the client. Like if you do like a, you could do a giveaway with influencer, you know, like that's not just for likes and comments. It's for client leads. You, if you want to get client leads, you have to ask for them. But that said, like we do a lot of shooting that is is just shared on social media by these influencers. And you have to think about like the brand association. With the influencer in the image. So like we're shooting them. So like, you know, but they're tagging us, you know, people are finding us through them. We're getting linked on their website. There are things that are good that even if you don't have the leads, they they were, I mean, goes back to Google, like it looks good on Google. Like these sites that are really reputable are linking to you, which is important. These social medias that have way bigger followings than I do are then tagging you and you know you're creating these really honest relationships with them too. And I think that I think that you have to be just like, you know, if I wouldn't go and just do a partnership with any old store here, like no, it has to be aligned. And so our influencers like they're real people. Like I love working with them. We have such good relationships with them. They're so genuine. They're just like really genuine people and they're exactly who our target client would be. So your target client would be like one of these influencers or they would be following one of these influencers? Like they have families, they have, you know, they're or solo travelers. They're like, they themselves would be a target client, you know, or like they're in couples or whatever. So you have to get people who are aligned with your brand. I'm not just, ha- you know, I wouldn't just say like, oh yeah, just get someone who's like always taking private jets and, you know, country hopping. And if they're not aligned, but if it's like a local family person, why wouldn't that be aligned with a family brand? You know? Sure. Okay. So first of all, if you're looking to partner with an influencer, do you want them to be Paris or French based or can they be from the US coming to France? Yeah, they can be from the US coming to France. Either or. Okay. So let's say, let's say, I'm an influencer. And you think, look, Andrew, he's got a lovely family. He's, he's in Paris regularly. He's doing photos. I love his work. He's got good value. Like we connect. What metrics are you looking for before you decide that you're going to reach out and suggest partnering with me? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. You, uh, you may not realize it. You probably do, but you are an incredible professional and the way you overcome those, those objections so easily, so seamlessly and so passionately. And it's uh, a testament to, to your skills. Um, oh, well, thank you. In business, like really, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And I think there's going to be uh, so many great comments from listeners. I've got one very last question to ask you because I know that listeners will shoot me if I don't ask you. Um, but before that, Katie, where is the best place for listeners to see more of your incredible work? Where can they find you online? So on our website, katiedonnellyphotography.com. And I'm very active on social media on Instagram. Um, so you can see me talking and to the camera a lot and bringing you around Paris and trying to do better about being even more active on social media. Um, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day and I like to spend time with my family too. <laughs> good one, good one. Look, I'll add links to those in the show notes, but uh, cool, thank on you. Instagram, it's Katie Donnelly underscore and Donnelly is D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y then an underscore. So I'll link to those in the show notes so that people can easily find you. Um, You've got, yeah, your social media is fantastic, as is your website. So I'll link to all those. Um, The last question I have for you, and you can answer this as quickly as you like, but sales with so many expats, people visiting, people on holidays, are you doing same-day sales, Zoom sales? Same day. Same-day sales? Yeah. In the studio? Yep. So we meet our clients outdoors. We do all of our sessions in the mornings. We do our studio sessions sometimes in the afternoons. But yeah, mornings are really when we photograph. And then middle of the day is, you know, we come back and we prep their gallery and the best ones. And then they come into our studio in the afternoon. Sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes just like an hour later. And they have this really cinematic experience where we show them their portraits. They choose their favorites and then they decide what they want to order. And then do you ship actual prints to the U.S.? 
Yes, we ship all over the world. We've shipped to so many different countries and yeah, we take care of shipping. And so it's just not an added, it's not an added thing. We just get their address and then it arrives at their doorstep. We say, all you have to do is hang it. It doesn't go on the to-do list. It's, you know, it's done. What, what you send it framed? Yeah, we send it finished. Wow. Yeah, all of our wall art is finished. It's ready to hang. Amazing, amazing. And it's, you know, beautiful museum quality. Yeah. So we're, we're yeah, we really stand behind the generational importance of it. And so the quality has to, amazing. Has to meet the, what we say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, that's everything I was going to ask you for the listener. Um, just for me. <laughs> listeners still there as well like how close are you to uh you know some of the incredible sites in paris if you walk out of your studio now like can you see the eiffel tower okay so we are in the center center of paris we are in saint germain des prés it's where you have a lot of the art galleries it's a big art gallery district it's also it's like right next to the latin quarter which is where you have tons of restaurants, you have the museums, we're 10 minutes walking to the Louvre, 10 minutes walking to Luxembourg Gardens. We are five, maybe 10 minutes walking to Notre Dame. We're a short ride, like 15 minute on the subway to the Eiffel Tower, but you can see the Eiffel Tower from a lot of places in Paris. We're a few minutes walking front to the river where you have a beautiful view of the Eiffel Tower in the distance. My God. So yeah, we're really, really central. Come to Paris, come see the studio. Love to have you. Um, and any of the listeners, if you're in Paris, let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram and I'd love to show you the studio. So good, so good. Do you walk down the street and pinch it? Like you are living yeah. the, like the movie dream. Yeah, I I know, I know. I, funny thing is, is when I first moved here, I didn't love Paris. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I moved here purely to be with my now husband. And I was like, it was hard to move from my family. It's hard to move. Like, I'm so close to them. My cousins are my best friends. Like, it was so, so difficult to like, I felt like I left half of my heart 3000 miles away. And like, it was gutting for years. It was really hard for me to 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 visualize myself here long term. And then just one day I was like, wherever I am, I'm going to be there. Wherever I am, I'm going to be happy to be there. And if I'm here, I have to make the best of it. If I'm in New York, I have to make the best of it. Like you just have to enjoy where you are. And I really, truly love Paris now. And I feel like it's it's so much stronger because it's this grown love. It's not this like crazy, wild, passionate you know, inspirational love. It's like, I deeply love the history. I am so interested in the museums, in the art, in this, there's amazing street art scene here. There's like, it's really, really this beautiful music scene. Like it's an incredible city for families as well. Now that I have kids, I'm like discovering this whole new layer of the city that I didn't know that I wasn't like intimately involved in. You have this like down the street, you have this gorgeous little kids cinema that shows short art films for kids. And you're just like, wow. I, it's just, it's so beautiful. Um, amazing restaurants, amazing. Um, and I love, I love just walking around. I love biking around, take my bike everywhere. Um, Very good. Yeah. It's a great city and I have grown in love with this city. So, Yeah. When you have dreams at night, do you dream in English or in French now? <laughs> yeah, so I mostly dream in English. Um, I have dreamed in French. Um, my de- At home, we do speak English because our kids' whole life is in French. And my husband and I fell in love in English. It's That's our love language. And so, and our kids, yeah, they're, their whole life, they're at the you know, they're in public school and public daycare. So it's all French, French, French. And so we're their, you know, main exposure to English. My daughter is bilingual. My four-year-old is bilingual, like really, really good. I mean, her, I think, you know, there is some vocabulary where she doesn't know it in French or, or in English. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Unreal. Yeah. Well, if you haven't got the vibe uh, from me, I'm sure you have. You are an inspiration. I can't oh, wait to share this conversation with listeners. That's very very sweet to say thank you so much it's like just been such a pleasure and like so humbling to be invited like wow thank you 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Katie as much as I did. Katie, if you are listening, again, massive thanks for coming on, for sharing everything you did. It's no secret, and I guess it's very obvious how excited I was to talk to you, how incredible a business I feel you've built. And yeah, look, again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything that you did. For you, the listener, I do hope there were a ton of takeaways for you. I'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts on what Katie shared. If you want to do that and you are a premium member, you can leave a comment inside the members Facebook group. I'll be adding Katie to that group as well. So if you do have a follow-up question for her, you can hit her up inside the group. Uh, If you're listening to the free version of the podcast, you can leave a comment under the comments area or in the comments area in the show notes. And this week they are at photobizx.com forward slash 540. Now in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that Katie shared and talked about. I've also got examples of her fantastic work where you can see the kind of images that we were talking about and referencing in the interview today. So it's all there in that one spot, photobizx.com forward slash 540. And if you do find yourself in Paris and you do go and meet up with Katie, have a photo shoot or go and see her studio, whatever it may be, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. I am certainly looking forward to doing exactly that the next time I am visiting the beautiful city of Paris. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. I have a couple of quick announcements before we do close out today's episode. The first one is about a very special business intensive, a photography and business intensive that's being put together by Katie Kay and Jez of Heart Story Photography. It's no secret that I am a massive fan of what Katie and Jez have built up in regards to their business. Uh, you would have heard Katie interviewed on the podcast a couple of times. She also presented the Profitable Book Projects course, which is a huge source of leads and income for her business, not to mention the fundraising they do with that book. Well, Katie and Jez are putting together Elevate, which is this photography and business intensive. It's happening on the 1st to the 4th of March, 2024 in Canberra, Australia. It's a three and a half day workshop and it's for family, newborn, boudoir, pet and portrait photographers. I've got all the details in the show notes for today's episode, or you can simply go to photobizx.com forward slash Katie K. There is an early bird pricing special up until the 30th of November. So go and check it out. You can see everything that's included in this incredible, uh, I'm, I'm going to call it a workshop. Uh, I know it's a business intensive, a photography and business intensive, but it, it's, uh, it's going to be full on. So again, there is an early bird special price available up until the 30th of November. There are more details at photobizx.com forward slash Katie K. And I should mention, if you do register using that link as a bonus, because I'm sponsoring and helping get word out about this for Katie and Jez, I'm going to be offering or gifting a 12-month premium membership of PhotoBizX if you do decide to go along and attend that business and photography intensive In other news, uh, you are just about to be hit by a ton of different special offers coming up at the end of the month with the Black Friday specials. Before that does actually happen, Kirsty McConnell from the Pet Photographers Club has put together a fantastic, really is a fantastic free bundle for you. Uh, look, it says it's for pet photographers, but really the, the freebies that are involved here with this giveaway will be helpful for you, whether or not you photograph pets or not. Uh, I can give you an idea of what's included with these freebies. You can be a fly on the wall and watch a virtual in-person sales session happen. There's a guide on how to shoot a variety of different style of images for your pet photography session. There's a welcome pack template for pet photographers. There's my two eBooks on how to book more portraits than you ever thought possible. And there's also a guide on how to be magnetic on Instagram. So the total value for these giveaways are $197. That's what they normally cost. You can get them for free. All you got to do is add your email address and say where you heard about this special offer from. And to find your way there, all you need to do is go to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash free. So it's the petphotographersclub.com forward slash free. Add your email address, tick a box to where you heard about this, and you get all those freebies. 
and they really are cool. So go and check that out. Go and download them. You don't need to get into it right away. It's there for you when you want them, as long as you do go and download them in the next week or so. It's shout out time. I've got one big shout out for today's episode. And this one goes to Katie Campbell, who is an Atlanta based family portrait photographer based in the US. And Katie left a fantastic review just today, in fact, on Google. And not only for the PhotobizX website or podcast, but for the Qualify Your Leads training that was delivered by Audra Harris last week, which I've got to tell you was absolutely incredible. What I'll do is I'll read Katie's review. It's only short. She says, I cannot thank you enough for all of this wonderful education. All of your interviews and courses are fantastic. The lead qualification course was everything I dreamed it could be. So many little nuances will surely increase profits in our studio. And I love the idea of getting to the know quickly. Such a great perspective shift. So that was from Katie Campbell. Massive thanks to you, Katie, for not only coming along to the training, but also for taking the time to leave that review in Google. It's a massive help for me. And uh, yeah, it's great to hear that that course was so helpful for you, like it was for so many other photographers who have already sent emails and words of thanks and praise for everything that Audra delivered. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I won't go into too much about my week because this is already a long episode. Safe to say I did survive my son Matthew's Bucks weekend. We had a great time in the Hunter Valley. I'll share more about that at another time. Big thanks again to Katie Danelli for coming on and sharing everything she did. Please let me know what you thought about what she shared, about partnering with influencers. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Until then, have a fantastic week. Stay safe, healthy and well. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.